Welcome to the American Hard Enduro Podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Will with American Hard Enduro. I'm here with Drew Kirby. What's going on, guys? It's been a pretty wild weekend. What do you think, Drew? There's been a lot going on. It was Father's Day, so that was exciting for us dads out there. Yeah, I had a great Father's Day, but before that, we were up in Glenlyn, Virginia for the Sear River Monster. Yeah, it was a GPS race. We've never been to the Kairos Resort before, and uh, it was pretty property. epic. Yeah, we, we got lucky. The race was on Saturday, so we were actually able to race, leave after the race, get home. I think I got home around 7 o'clock Saturday night and got to spend uh, Father's Day with the family. So on both Saturday and Sunday out west in Idaho, the Silver Mountain Extreme was going on for the AMA Western Extreme Championship. So we're going to talk about both Drew and I's weekend at the SEER event, and then we're going to talk about the Western Extreme race. And Drew's got a little interview with Ryder LeBlond, who put on a show. He did. In a gnarly spot. So they're going to talk for a little bit about that. Uh, But to get it started, Drew, why don't you tell us about our sponsor? So this year we've been fortunate enough to be uh, supported by SLM Racing, KTM of North Texas. Um, We've got a couple 2021 KTM 300 XCWs, which I'm loving. I don't know how you feel about yours, but man, it's, I want to say the best bike I've had. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. So um, big thanks to them. And then uh, also Rob Cosler with Moto Lab Suspension. Moto Lab. I've got 50 hours on my bike and I'm trying to find time to get the suspension to him to get it freshened up yeah when you get yours to him i'd like to also get mine to him (laughs) so i'm gonna take maybe i can take it you can pick it up i like it i'm down in chattanooga here in the next couple days so maybe we need to get get you to drop it off right on uh, but no thanks to both of those companies uh ktm of north texas uh great company they're getting 22s abington uh arlington Arlington, yep dfw arlington area abington we were we were in virginia so maybe that was it i drove right by abington virginia several times in the last two weeks yeah so i guess let's start about with start about let's start with our weekend in virginia yeah so we went up we both went up friday i actually had a job in bristol virginia so i was able to parlay that into a halfway point in my trip rolled up with the pulling the camper and kairos kairos well, I'm going to go with Karos. Okay. Or I don't know. It's a resort. It's a off-road resort right on the border of Virginia and West Virginia. It's about four hours from Knoxville. Um, I don't know. It, well, And it is a full, full-on campground. They've got cabins. They've got yurts. They've got a bathhouse. They've got full hookup campsites. And um, it and is the up The campground on, is really nice. It, it, is, it has it all. Um, and it has a huge, mostly level field that we camped in and, you know, if you've ever been to Virginia, West Virginia, they've got big hills. And we ended up going up, climbing up to the top of this hill. Uh, Will, unfortunately, was pulling the camper, so he made it to the top. But, uh, no, it, it was a spectacular place to camp and have a race. It was beautiful. And driving up there, you're you're in the mountains. It's it, yeah. it's wet, wild West Virginia or whatever they say. I don't know. Wonderful. Well, and, and it pretty much overlooks the New River. They've got four different outlook spots, overlook spots. Um, and a bunch of trails, side-by-side trails. So it was open on Friday to the public to ride. Um, I think the campground was 100% full. We couldn't even get a full hookup spot. Um, and I would say 80% of the people there were just weekend guys that were going to ride side-by-sides and enjoy the, the park. Yeah, so the race kind of started on Friday night 
when <laughs> Gary and Debbie Barr did a random number generator. I think there are 130-ish. 100, 103. 103 participants uh, signed up. So they did a random number generator, and Drew got his number first, number 94. Number Ken Roxon, baby. My wife loves him, so I was representing. And I was like, sweet, Drew's going to be behind me. And then I got mine, and I was number <laughs> 97. So 97 out of 103, which kind of changed everything because we had been thinking about this is going to be a GPS struggle, trying to follow trail, trying to do that. But when we figured out we were so far back in the field, it you know it changed from it's going to be a GPS struggle to maybe a traction struggle. Well, and it, we went out and, and rode some stuff just trying to get a lay of the land and, and look at some stuff on Friday. Um, and it was a lot of – they had a hair scramble there about a month ago. And so there was some of those trails, but you needed to use your GPS to find out when you weren't going to be on those trails. And so – we kind of practice, you know, we, we made a course in and we try to follow our line out. And unfortunately the GPSs are not 100% accurate. You're always 20 to 50 foot off maybe. And we need to talk to Josh Shecker and maybe Mitch Carvolt and some of the guys that have been to some of the European GPS races. I don't know if Mitch has been one actually, now that I say that, but Josh should know yeah. what, like what grade GPS they're using to actually map these courses like Romaniacs? Are they using a typical E-Trex or do they have some $5,000 GPS set up? Yeah. And, and that was, you know, we talked to them about it and they said they could have gotten more accurate GPS, but then the file's so big that we couldn't get it onto our units. Um, so it was, we were kind of worried again, how were we going to stay on the track? Um, and how do we know exactly? Cause I mean, there was Jeep roads right next to a gnarly Creek section. So and they had two different tracks. They had one for the gold and silver classes, and then they had one for the bronze and iron classes. Yep. So the the basically the first half of the course was all the same. Yep, the first 15-mile section. Which made for some interesting bottlenecks, oh, considering yeah. I was 97th. Well, and, and going back, so like Will said, it shifted from I was worried about following my GPS to, all right, I'm going to put the GPS kind of secondary and just ride. And Will and I, we had a little goal. We were going to count how many people we passed, and I lost count within the first mile because it was people everywhere. Yeah, I mean the the first little bitty rocky hill. I mean, it was I was passing people left and right. Well, so in in not typical seer fashion, so totally different. We started single file, one at a time, thirty seconds apart. Love that. Yep, I I do love it, hundred percent. No mass chaos for the first mile. So we did this weird little. I'm not going to say what we called it, but we'll just call it a horseshoe out and around and i thought it was gonna take like two minutes it was shaped like something yes and so it was quick well i'm just cruising on this hair scramble trail and all of a sudden i'm like why is there why is there tracks going down the hill and so and there why is this guy going the wrong way i know where i'm going all of a sudden i did not know where i was going so i didn't we hadn't even talked about it did you have trouble finding that right turn down the hill i was lost within the first 500 <laughs> yards <laughs> Were you? Did you? I, I think being 97th, I thought, oh, I'll just follow the trail. Well, yeah. the trail went everywhere. Well, it was funny. So I was, uh, uh, for all you out there, I did buy my wife the e-bike. So since I was 97th, I had a chance to goof off before the start, or 94th, excuse me. So I rode out there probably a quarter mile, and there was a I wish I had walked the first loop. Well, so it turned right real quick, and I came in, and Big Tim Johnson was starting first. I go, hey, there's a right turn that's like a quarter mile in. Don't take it, because I had the Jeep. I think I had it on Guy on my phone. And, uh, but after that, I, I struggled, like I said, finding my way. I took that first, right. Did you really? Yeah. Okay. I should have told you, I didn't even think about well, it. Well, I took the first, right. And then I was like, Oh, I'll just cut straight up the hill here. And it was like Volkswagen size boulders, 
So I was like... To get back to the trail. Yes. Okay. I was in full-on hard enduro mode <laughs> within a minute. And and like I didn't blow myself up. I felt really cool doing it. You know, I was like crushing. But I think all the riders got by me that started behind me. <laughs> yeah, all what? Uh, six? <laughs> all six of them. Well, and then when we did make that right turn down, it got really steep and really off camber. Yeah. Pretty cool. I wasn't expect. I was expecting cruising for a while. And I'm just yelling at people because I, I, you know, I've already lost a few minutes. I'm like, here we go, baby. Um, so that was in the first mile. So, um, but no, the, the biggest issue I had on that first 15 mile section before gas was bottlenecks and traffic. And I mean, it was Jackson Davis started 19th, and he we we kind of compared notes after the race, and he's like, oh man, I blew up some of this stuff, and. You know, we'd get, I'd get there. I can't speak for you. And there'd be six, eight, ten guys I, I there. I think Jackson was the first gold rider. I don't know how many silver riders were in front of him. Yeah, I would, I would think that. So um, it doesn't yeah. really matter on the first loop because everybody's running this, yep, the first loop together. Yeah. And, and the coolest thing for me, and luckily it was dry because if it wasn't, I'd still probably be stuck there. Um, they had really big, really long hills. They, they were intimidating look, looking. Yeah, and it was like, and, and again, Windrock, where we ride, it's been mined, and there's shelves everywhere. Well, this place, you'd go up, and you do like a little left turn, and, and in my head, I was like, oh, this hill ends. Nope. It went twice as far. And then I'm like, all right, we're to the top. Nope. Like, yeah, these were, these were like, it felt like a 1,000 feet of vert, or yeah. at least 500 feet of vertical climb per hill. You get to the top, you do a horseshoe, and you come back down. Yeah, I mean, and, and they did a really good job of laying this out and, and using some of that hair scramble stuff and then some fresh stuff and some creek beds. The hardest part for me was when we were down in these creek beds, whether we were supposed to be in the creek or on the Jeep trail or in the creek, you know, and, and then I was following one trail, and I was in a creek I thought was a creek. Well, then I started getting slowly farther and farther away, and I kept looking to my left. And I couldn't see anything but heavy bush. And I'm mm -hmm. like, okay, I'm just going to keep going. Well, finally, I was like, I'm obviously not. So I just took right. a left, found the creek. Well, then I wasn't even where I was supposed to be. There was a single track on the other side of the creek. So there was definitely more navigating than what I thought there was going to be from row 94. Well, in that first loop, the, the major hangup for me was a place called Moby Dick. And I got... That wasn't in the first loop. That was in the second half, right? Are you talking about the no? Big that white was whale? White Whale. Moby Ooh. Moby Dick was in the first section. Oh, what was Moby Dick? I have no idea. It was this really rocky, nasty climb that got real bouldery up towards the top, and it was literally just a parking lot. Uh, I'd say there were thirty guys in there, and I just sat there and, and waited. I had really? no choice. Yeah, I, I remember coming into a couple of those. And there was some of them that you were in a pretty good ditch and you couldn't get out. And it was like so slick, you couldn't put your feet down, you couldn't go backwards. It was just flat rock. So once I finally got out of there and then kind of made the loop around, that's where I met some other riders that had accidentally skipped that section. So ah, it was okay. like, oh man, I was like, I, I didn't see you. I, I, you know, I didn't see anybody I knew. Yeah. So a, a whole bunch of bronze and iron riders, but there was a bunch in that first, that first half of the loop let's call it that it was like a really steep uphill and then short maybe 50 60 feet really steep and i saw guys everywhere you know what i'm talking about some of those oh absolutely well, there was one that went up and i feel like we did like a lollipop of maybe a mile and it came back down i could see the people trying to get up where i just come up because i was like where am i going and it, it came very close so i could see some people missing that section at seeing those people coming back down and heading out. Yeah, and I will try to throw my uh, GPS track up on the uh, either Instagram or Facebook pages so you guys that weren't at the race can get an idea just, just how crazy this was because I would take a wrong turn, go a little ways, and then loop back. So 
I'm, I'm sure many people did that, but I think I got the whole track. I, it was funny because I'm, I overlaid obviously my track versus the track they sent us. And I'm maybe 10% of the time I'm directly on top of it. Right. I'm either <laughs> 10%, maybe, well, I'm either right to the, just, just to the left, just right. to the right. And, and, you know, one thing will kind of pointed out when we were walking some of the course the day before was if, if you're the track you're laying down mirrors, the shape and the turns, you might be 20 feet off. It's like of a it. shadow or an right. echo. Yeah, exactly. And that, I'd use that a lot. And it was funny because we played with, I had two GPSs, two E-Treks. One was at 200 feet. One was at 80 feet. I hardly ever looked at the 80 feet. I don't know. Again, we hadn't talked. What would you use? Do you remember? I, I think I had one of mine at 120 and that's the one I was watching. Okay. I did, I think 100, 120 and 200 and I switched them up a little bit just to kind of experiment during the race. But for, for me, the, I ended up like, about died a couple times trying to look down. It's harder yeah. to look and ride. Than I, I caught myself was going fast downhill, <laughs> like looking at my GPS and then I look up and I'm like, Whoa, I'm going really fast. Yeah, I got to slow down. So, but I would just think I would look ahead on that 200 foot and say, all right, a slight right or slight left coming up and then just anticipate it turning right or turning left. And that was it. Um, so the end of the first section had, a, it felt like a five mile hair scramble course. Yeah. Back and forth, back and forth back and forth and it every turn i was like okay this is it i'm gonna see the the check <laughs> me too <laughs> and it was like oh two more miles after yeah. i started thinking that yeah it, the whole time i'm mad because i haven't done a hair scramble in three to five years well really soft suspension and gummy tires oh. and low air pressure how, yeah. how's that feel yeah it was loose well it was wallery so, right. but the whole time I'm thinking like Steven Edmondson's there, Jackson's Davis is there. And I'm uh, like, they're hair scramble guys. Yeah. They're probably going so fast. I'm so mad. Why, I need to race some hair scrambles to get faster. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I know the feeling. So finally get to the check yep. and they had a little break in the ribbon. So I ran back to the camper. Yep. Uh, I think you did too. Yep. Got some pickle juice, ate yep. a Snickers bar, got some more water, topped off my fuel. Well, it was almost I used way more fuel in that first 15 miles than I thought I would. I mean, I, I swear I put two gallons in my bike. Yeah, I, I probably could put a gallon. Oh, man, I put a lot. So it's funny you said what you ate because I was like, I had everything laid out, and I ate baby food. I ate pickle juice. <laughs> I had something else. Next thing I know, I'm back on the trail, and my stomach is oh. like, uh-oh. And it was almost not <laughs> good. Yeah, it was almost not good going back. The other thing I did is – I had a gallon jug of pre-made like hydration mix. So I refilled my camel back because I didn't use much on that first 15 miles. How'd that help you with cramping? <laughs> Not at all. So, yeah. Cause I, I thought uh, I, I, I just went pure water and I think I had a Gatorade, like a small Gatorade during that fuel stop. And, and I down two pickle juices, but I had one pickle juice. I had another one, my camelback. And then I should have taken some like salt pills or I've got extreme endurance. I should have done the I same. didn't even think about it um, the, until you just said that. The cramping during the second loop oh my gosh. was intense. I ran out of water and I had three liters. Oh man. I didn't run out of water, but I think because the hills were so steep coming down and so steep going up, I think that's where you're just like in full lock, like holding on with legs and arms. Well, and for me, what got me a lot and we'll go ahead. In. What got me was the second half. There was a lot of, if you've ever been to TKO, like just slick boulder creeks. How many log crossings were there? A lot. But this slick boulder creek, it was only like four feet wide, and it seemed like it was five miles long, and it was slightly uphill. And I Are we talking about White Whale? Uh, no, after White Whale. Oh, um, okay. Just back in there, I think it was like before the goat path, before the hill that almost ended my day, there was like two sections of this kind of creek. 
and I just couldn't get going. Like I caught Russell Loudermilk there. He'd taken a wrong turn and he let me in front of him. Well, he's got those long legs and <laughs> I, it's funny. So I'd go to my rear end would move. I put my foot down. I'd fall down. I have to pick the bike up. I literally stopped and contemplated like, this is why I can't do any better to race. I cannot keep on my bike and going forward. <laughs> You're too short, Drew. Well, I, oh, so mad. So, but I think that had a lot to do with, I was so tense the whole time because I didn't know where the bike was going to go and I was trying to hold it upright. So I'm going to blame that on my cramping, not my lack of fitness. Well, I, I cramped up and man, I, I don't know. I, I stopped a couple of times and I was shaking my arms out. That seems to help. <laughs> If you can shake those arms but down, my, but my arms never cramp. My legs cramp. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, a quads and hamstrings in my groin and it is not cool at all. Yeah, that's not cool. So, but, but I got to, I think it was bear cave or something. And Travis Jackson of I love single track was on what they called goat trail. And it overlooked this bear cave. And you basically just had, that a, was the loose shale. Yes. that just churned up under your rear tire. hundred percent. Yeah. And I got there and you do a right turn. You have to get up some shaley stuff over a log. And then there was like 10 feet of good dirt. Mm. And then you just went to that loose shale stuff. And I just needed to go 20 feet. And Ryder and I talk a little bit about this in, in the interview we're going to put at the end. And it's just so demoralizing when you can't go those 10, 12 feet. So that's where I got to the bottom of that hill. And Chance Baker and I think Greg Nolf were up in the Bear Cave area. Yeah, okay. Well, once you got there, you were good. They were there. I was okay. at the bottom. <laughs> Did you say, help me? No, I, I was like, okay, there's Chance. I'm about to show him something here. Because I, I was riding really well. I just oh. I was blowing up everything at that point. Came around that turn, and I made it like 10 feet and nothing. And I was like, okay, I'll get a better run. I'll, I'll do better than that. Next time, I made it 15 feet. And so Greg was like, yeah, we had to go down and around over there and, and come back up. And I was like, okay, I can do that. No problem. So I side-hilled over there. Tried to make it up the next thing. Same deal. And I, I spent, so I, I showed my wife my GPS of just that spot, and it looks like my <laughs> spider web. Yeah, if I had a two-year-old, which I don't anymore, just went crazy coloring. Um, but I went, I tried to go way out to the right, climb up, and then side hill. Well, there was a, there was a tree that was down, so you couldn't get high enough to side hill straight into the bear cave. So you had to side hill and then go up. Oh, yeah, up. that tree held me up. Yeah, I could not get... I couldn't get there. So I ended up, I should have just done it the first time. Got back in the main line, found that one little 10 foot patch of good dirt, put it in second gear and just gave it everything I had and got to where I could do like a pivot turn and make it. And it, I contemplated quitting. I'm well, not going to lie. And then after that section, you went down a little hole and then started climbing in yep. that off camber. Like there were consequences to the left. Yeah. I mean, it was like, and if you fell down to the left, you know where you went? right back to where yeah. you just were. And and that's what Travis Jackson, again, of I Love Single Track was over there. And he, he yelled at me. He's like, Hey man, you got it. Keep it going. And he gave me some, some words of encouragement when I was down in the, but once you finally kind of got past that off camber bit, it started climbing and it was the most fun pivot turns I've yep. ever done in a race. It was just left and right and left and right. And, super steep stuff you shouldn't be able to go up but it was hero dirt at that point it was great traction and so then and it was nice so this what we're talking about was after white whale it was the big like three mile gold section and it was lonely out there what's so funny so back to me struggling on the bear we'll call it the bear cave i don't know what it's called i like it so will started you were three riders behind me so a minute and a half behind me Mm -hmm. and will always tends to catch me in long races and at this point we were at like three and a half hours i'm like i heard a bike coming i'm like no this is will so I'm just mad. And it was a guy from row 40. So I was like, okay, we're good. So I get up that, I make it out. Well, then I, it, 
Travis had told me, he's like, hey, we got some good cruising. You're going to be good. So then we got some Jeep trail. Well, I had to turn right off this little muddy Jeep trail and cross a double log. So I'm like, I'm just going to pop over it. Well, I end up under my bike, pinned against a rock, and I hear a bike coming down the hill. And I'm just so frustrated because I'm like, this will. He's going to find me down here, <laughs> laying under my bike. I, I wish it had been me. I just turned to my right, and I saw two on the guy's number plate. And I was like, number two, I don't know where he came from. Cause I never saw him out there. So luckily it wasn't you. Um, but no, after that goat path off camera stuff, we had really one more big obstacle and it was what the beer can hill. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was no joke. No. And I actually, I got in there and, and Gary Davis and Patsy Davis were there <laughs> and Steven had walked down. Was he still, Oh, he was still there. Yeah. Oh. And I got up in there and I took a, I tried to go to the left around it. Okay. And made multiple attempts. Ooh, there were some roots and some dirt. The dirt looked good. The roots did not look fun. Yeah. And then they were like, this is where Drew went. He he kind of blipped right up. It, it, you know, he had to do some pushing, but he got it. Yep. So I was like, all right. I was like, it looks bad. <laughs> so I couldn't even get into it. It was ridiculous. <laughs> so finally, I you know, I got on the rear tire and kind of walked it up a little bit and got up in there. And about that time, Chance Baker came up. So you ended up getting to where he well, was and, and passing him at some point, obviously. Well, I, I had no idea. I was like, Chance, how'd I get by you? He's like, man, I've been so lost. <laughs> yeah, and, and if anyone follows the Sear page, apparently Derek Bratcher said Chance Baker's the only one who rode the entire course, so maybe we missed something. Or maybe he, you missed something. He said he rode 35 miles on a 27-mile <laughs> course. Yeah, I rode 32. I don't yeah. know how. I, I, I rode over 30 myself. Well, Travis, I said, man, am I close to the end? I've got like 28 miles on the odometer. And he's like, it's probably from you going up and down that hill so many times. <laughs> I'm like, that wasn't very nice. But anyways, okay. so yeah, sorry. Chance finally basically pulled up to my rear tire, and we're both pretty smoked <laughs> at this point. I look yep. at him. He looks at me. I'm like, you want to tag up? He was like, yep. <laughs> so we just ended up, you know, he got on my front tire. We got up it, and I got on his rear tire, or his front tire. We got up it, and then we just kind of, we cruised to the finish, <laughs> but we had a good time. Well, it was, I got in there and I was by myself and Steven was there. And of course, Patsy was there to catch anything dumb I did, which she tends to be yep. where I do dumb stuff. Um, and, and I, I was playing around, but yet still somewhat going and I was playing and struggling and struggling. And Steven looked at me, he's like, you want me to pull your front tire? And I'm like, yes, but you're really not in the race. He's no, like, well, that's, he's in the race. Well, he said, he's a racer. Well, I've raced. I'm like, nope, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> uh, I'm doing it myself. And then I was almost out. Bike caught traction. I won't call it a full loop out because I held it, turned the bike 180 degrees back down the hill and let it down. I did the exact same spot, stood it up, walked it forward and just threw the front, <laughs> the handlebars forward as hard as I could. And it laid down. Oh, well, Patsy did. She missed it. Luckily, there was somebody who's got a little YouTube video together and it's got the very last clip is me doing that. So oh, nice. But uh, so that was it. I uh, I was gassed. I finished in four hours and eight minutes. And, you know, we've been racing, the normal SEER race is three hours. Um, so it was between the cramping and everything. And luckily, the cramps subsided some. I don't know about for you. I didn't cramp any in that last beer garden, we'll call it. No, I was cramping for sure. <laughs> okay. my, my clutch hand mainly. Um, but overall results, yeah. um, Quinn Wenzel, he won by 18 minutes. Um, yeah. And he started 50-something? 50 54th. And he caught Jackson. Jackson said they rode a lot together. And Jackson made sure to tell us how good traction was up there. Yeah, thanks, Jackson. <laughs> Steven Edmondson, he started 86. Yeah, so. he started 86. And I was – it was funny. I talked to him after the race, and I actually caught him at one point in two different points. And he, he said he saw me and was like, oh, 
beep. There's Drew. I gotta go. And then I, I got I caught him on a little hill and we got to some fast stuff and I never I was like, I may see if I can keep up with him. No. Then um Jeremiah Burkhart, he started forty fourth. Um he was not far behind Steven five minutes back. Jackson Davis fourth, Drew Kirby fifth, Russell Loudermilk, Mr. Longlegs got oh, yeah. six. I got seventh. Um I finished in four hours and thirty nine minutes. And then um we had some silver riders, Greg Nolf, he was the first silver rider, Adam McCluskey from Rock Crusher. He may or may not have um, been riding naked and afraid. He he was, and I saw he posted something. Uh, hey guys, I may have to turn my trophy in. I think I missed something, <laughs> so I, I can't confirm nor deny. I've not seen his track. So I'm gonna flip it over to the silver class because we never talk about these guys. But Tim Johnson, he started first, numero uno, and he uh, won the iron class. He won the bronze class. I mean, he started in the iron class, but he won both classes. Yeah. He won that course. Yeah, he won that course. Um, Mark Myers, uh, silver medal. Brandon Blakely in third. Um, so Scott Hunter, uh, another iron rider, got fourth. So it didn't really seem to matter if you're an iron or bronze. I mean, it's kind of just they're just mixed about the whole way down. Yeah, and and one thing I will say, and Patsy uh, Davis had gone out on Friday with Jarrett Spencer, who laid out a lot of the course with Travis. And she said, man, these bronze and iron guys are in for a treat. That first 15 miles, some of those up and down hills were no joke. I don't know how what you thought. I mean, I, I really thought these guys are going to be hating life. Yeah, I think that that was definitely, well, from what I've heard, that was the hardest bronze track of the year for a sea race. Yeah, and I'm trying to think if that was the hardest course we did. I think the length definitely made it hard. If it had been wet, it would by far be the hardest one. I haven't done them all. But um, thinking back to that, the farm race at TTC, uh, it, it had some, it was just slick. Yeah, and some of the downhills were horrible. And then the night race, it was slick. It was really slick. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. And the night factor. The GPS race, it was long. Yep. I, I liked it, it. It was the most fun for me. Yeah, it, it was. And, and there's something, I, like I said, I like National Enduros. And I, I yeah. like... You know, don't know where anyone else is. You don't know your time. You're just out there doing the best you can. And I, I enjoyed that, you know, but it kind of stinks. I never saw Jeremiah all day. I never saw Quinn. Never saw, you know, I always end up somehow around Jackson. I never saw him. So, you know, you don't know how he did. He doesn't know how you did. Yeah, I, I started so far back. I, I didn't really see hardly anyone. <laughs> it got real lonely out there on that gold section that was way out there. And one of the craziest things for me, so we're on top of this spine, or I call it the weirdest top of the ridge, looking straight down to the New River. And I can see on my GPS that we go out and do a, a horseshoe back down. And I'm looking over the edge going, there's nothing. I don't know <laughs> where we're going to go back. And we get out there. It's like a 20-foot drop to a four-wheeler sized ledge that nice. we ride back on. And it was it was cool. It was, it was definitely cool. Okay. So that probably wraps up the River Monster. Um, I know they're still looking at GPS tracks. I, I haven't sent mine in. I need to. Been busy with work. Yep. But um, – that was that. In meantime, same weekend out in Idaho, Silver Mountain. Silver Mountain. They had a huge. Big time. Yeah, Big Mountain. Silver Mountain Resort. Extreme. Extreme race. Yeah, so all the big boys showed up, including Mario Roman and Theodore. I'm just going to go with Theodore. Kevlchev? Sure. I like it. Okay. I've never even tried it. Yeah, that was, that was my first attempt. Yep. But. Anyways, I guess they had a prologue on Saturday. Yes. Well, they had an amateur race Saturday morning. Yes. Prologue Saturday evening. Yes. And I, 
I did I didn't watch the video, but I saw where Mario Roman put a video of his prologue, and it said the sketchiest or scariest prologue he's ever done. Yeah, Ryder talked some about that in his interview we'll put in after this, that it was really fast, really dusty. They started 14 riders to a row a minute apart. Ooh. And the top guys somehow all ended up mostly on row three, and Ryder was on row four. Um, That's weird. Yeah, and so he said it was a lot of, of dust. With you can't Anytime there's dust and you can't see and you're going fast, it's scary. Was it based on if you'd raced there before? Ryder said, uh, I can't remember what he said. It's in the interview. He said there was... Okay. They had a reason, but I don't remember what it was. I'm just going to keep asking you questions about something you don't know. Yep. I don't, I was, he, he, I interviewed him late last night for me. It was like 1030. Okay. I haven't listened to the interview yet, so I'm probably going to, we're going to have to go over some stuff twice. Yeah, we will. And that's what we talked about actually in the interview. <laughs> nice. Yeah. You're like, Will's going to ask all these dumb questions. <laughs> I'm like, but we'll just talk about it all again. You can hit fast forward. It's a podcast. Okay. So for the prologue, I know here, let me pull up the results. And you talk for a second. All right, so I'm talking. So um, I was trying to nail Tristan down for an interview. He's still in Idaho at Cordelion, Cord Lane, uh, where Colton lives. Sorry, I had to talk it out in my head. Okay. Um, there is an enduro cross slash hard enduro this weekend. Yeah. Uh, the Orfino Logger Cross is going to be Friday night. Enduro Fest. And Enduro Fest is Sunday. So Matt Musgroves. Yep. Um, baby. Josh Shecker. Those guys yep. are putting on a race. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. I think think it's going to be good. I know Josh is out there right now working on course. So, all right, Will's got the results from the Saturday prologue of pros. Yeah, so Tristan Hart, he won by four seconds over Ryder LeBlanc. So Ryder is definitely putting in the results for the prologues. Yep. Then 21 seconds back, Taylor Robert. Then Teodor Kabachev. Sure. Cody Webb in fifth. That's weird. I mean, but they're, they're they're only separated like a minute. First to fifth. Then you got Colton Haker, Mario Ramon, Spencer Wilton, Will Riordan, Keith Curtis, Corey Grafunder, Nick Faringer, Cooper Abbott, Max Gearson. I mean, all the big names. Noah Keppel. Well, and one thing that Ryder and I talked about, I said, okay, well, then how did they do the start on Sunday morning? And they did 14 per row again. So, really, you just needed to be top 14 to get the front row. And he thought your position was going to get you – you could pick your start. Like Tristan would get first pick on where he wanted to start on the line. But he said when they got up there, people had already jammed it in, jammed it in. Um, so huh. he, he said it was a good, it ended up being a 19 mile course is what he said. At, I'd heard it was supposed to be 30. Um, I said, sounds, sounds about like our race. I thought it was gonna be 25. And the next thing I know I'm at 32. So they, they only raced 19 miles. Yep. And in, in one lap, one lap. And that was what, so I've been asking a bunch of people and kind of the talk this at the sea race this weekend was, is the sticks and stones going to end up being the harder than battle of the goats? Cause you know, everyone seems to say battle of the goats is the hardest race. Um, and I will say Ryder answers that question. Can't we have one on the West coast and one on the East coast? We can. Okay. Well, and you know, comparing the mileage between the sea race and sticks and stones, there was some fluff in the sea race. hundred percent. So I don't think there was a lot of fluff at silver mountain from what I've seen. No, I don't think so. And and I know I think they finished in an hour and forty five minutes. Oh, that's quick. That was quick. And uh Ryder said it was more a couple big showstoppers than two good creek beds or crick beds as he calls them. And um some of those big shale hills that we all saw. Yeah. So for the final, the results, Tristan Hart takes another win. The guy's killing it. Uh Mario Roman, you heard of him? Heard of him. Ten seconds. I mean, they were there. And then Cody was back a minute 43. Um, Cody Webb, Colton Haker fourth, 
Tidor fifth, Taylor Robert sixth, Keith Curtis. Uh, I think last year's winner, Keith Curtis. Uh, they didn't have it last year, year before. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sorry. 2019. And then Ryder LeBlanc, he'll talk all about what happened, why he finished eighth. Yeah, and one, one thing we wanted to talk about, and I was instructed by someone named Chuck DeLula that he wanted me to mention, was they ended up having unmanned checkpoints. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, and so it was, you basically take a page out of a book, pull, got a poker chip. And what was interesting was they didn't tell them, obviously, where the checkpoints were going to be for obvious reasons. Well, I guess there was no ribbon, not much, not very good marking of where these were. So the first check, I think it was called a dead man's check is what they called him. Was I kind of like this. Well, yes and no. So I think it could be executed better. So my first thing was, I'm scared to carry my car keys because I'm afraid I'm going to lose them. So how do you get two poker chips to the end without losing them? Put them in your mouth. <laughs> Apparently people were shoving them in their boots, and Rodrigo had this. <laughs> their boots. That's what, that's what uh, Ryder said. They actually went and bought like a little purse oh. fanny pack to put it on the, like a little pouch to put on the handlebars on okay. Saturday night. So um, anyway, so the first checkpoint they got to, I guess Keith Curtis, maybe it was Keith Curtis, maybe someone else, had hit it and knocked it down. So Ryder said they pull up and like... Make it rain yeah. poker chips and everywhere. Again, you're going to have to... You're going to listen to it twice, but he'll explain Sorry. it differently. There's poker chips. Will hadn't heard it yet. Everywhere. Because I think there's 500 riders. So there's That's awesome. So they pull up and they all look at each other like... He said Cody went from first to fifth because they were all just like, what the heck's going on? And so... <laughs> uh, anyway, they ended up... So the first check is on the ground and stuff's everywhere. So Ryder's expecting the next one to look similar. Um, so no, he, he just thinks there's poker chips yeah, everywhere. I mean, it's like, checks. yeah. So then he, he obviously, again, he'll talk about it. But he Way to go, it. Keith. That's funny. They put a log on the trail to slow him down is what the rumor or what I heard. Okay. And the, the second check was about six feet in a tree. And Ryder remembers seeing the sign. What if you're only 5'10"? <laughs> hey, I'd have had to damn jump to get that thing. <laughs> so he, he just completely missed it. And then he got to the end, and that's when he realized oops so but they actually so he gets to the end a course worker took him all the way back he got the chip rode the re road rewrote in that awesome the big hill that he cleaned he had to rewrite it again i said well i haven't seen any video of that how'd that go he's like uh okay so the the first the first attempt was the video yep and that's when he was running like fifth yeah he was he was actually six theodore had just gotten to the top okay and he blitzed it and he said he thought everyone else was making it and so he just went for it that's awesome. Yeah, and he goes, I'm not going to lie, it was just probably luck. <laughs> probably shouldn't say this. Well, I mean, that's part of it. Yeah. So, um, but no, so like I said, I, I was hoping to get Tristan. He's, like I said, been out there riding, training. I tried to get him yesterday morning. He was headed out to ride, and the time difference has made it a little hard for my old self to stay up that late. Yeah, if you haven't seen the video of Ryder cleaning this hill, I don't yep. know what they call this hill, but this is nasty, shaly, bit long. And that's what the, the video we posted, Steep. and I, I talked about it, was – from the chairlift, you can see how big and long it is. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, but it was it. And he, I guess he ended up going from, he finished. So he caught Teodor at the top of the hill. So he would have got fifth. Yep. Put him in fifth place. Dropped him to eighth. Dropped him to eighth. Um, the other rumor is, and heard this a little bit, that several other people came in without this second poker chip. Mm. And I don't think any of the top guys, but guys further back, and okay. they kind of just said, oh, we might have messed up, and they just didn't make them go redo it. That's interesting. Yeah. So, and Ryder said the one thing that kind of bums him out. He's like, it's racing. I made a mistake. You know, I've got the GPS watch. He said, it, it shows me going right through there. I tried to show it to him. Right. Um, but it is what it is. But he said it kind of bums him out because him and Taylor have been in a battle 
or fourth place points wise, and it kind of messes that up because Taylor ended up what sixth. Yes, Taylor yep. ended up six. So points are super close. Yeah, I would say. I mean, I don't even know. Tristan and Cody are probably real tight. Will's gonna look it up while I just run my mouth. Yeah, just um, take a minute. Yeah. So, but no, it was from everything we've heard. It was a great event. Um, some of the video was just really cool. I mean, we don't have anything like that out here. Um, so I guess we'll talk about what's next. I know we've got like a week and a half because we're filming filming this. Can't even talk now. <laughs> we're recording this Wednesday, June twenty third. Uh, we're a week and a half away from Tough Like Roar. I'm, I'm pulling up the master schedule, so keep talking for a second. So I'll just keep filming it. So anyway, Tough Like Roar. Um, I know a bunch. I think everyone's coming. I think Mario went home. I think Theodore went home. Um, so it'll be mostly U.S. guys, but it should be. You know, I, I know Rob Moan up there. The tr- oh, that was the other thing. I talked to Rob yesterday. He was supposed. To, he told me I needed to tell everyone something. They have a ton of Kenda tires and Nitro Moose bibs. They're going to be available. Um, they had. And they have the big ibex. They have the big ibex. I actually ordered some yesterday. So Kenda nice. had a shipment come in. Uh, they've restocked on everything. So if you guys need tires and bibs at Tough Like Roar, they'll have a good selection of Kenda products. Who is the title sponsor? Yeah. So this weekend is an off weekend. No hard enduro in the U.S. Then the next weekend is the July 4th weekend. Tough like Roar. I can't believe it's already here. Uh, it's, uh, it's June 23rd. It was crazy. I know. And, and I'm actually – I'm headed out west um, to Winter Park for the U.S. Cycling Nationals. So I will not be at the next couple rounds. Yeah, so you're going to be gone. I, th- I know I'm doing Tough Like Roar. I'm on the fence about bad medicine. I don't know. Okay, well, July 4th weekend, Tough Like Roar. Then the following weekend, back in California, Donner Hair Scramble. Oh, yeah, I forgot about Donner that. Hard Enduro, excuse me. Yep. Okay. And then the next weekend, back in Ohio for Bad Medicine. So that's three in a row. It'll be interesting to see who makes those three. I know. So let's see. Somebody told me, I think Danny and Spencer Wilton are driving it. Will, Will Rorden's driving it. Whoa. And uh, Ryder was able to leave his bike out there. So he's flying it. He's flying it. He's driven home. He'll do Tough Like Roar, fly out. Obviously, fly back. Tristan, Cody, Colton, Taylor. Yep. They'll all be flying the it. Factory Boys. They'll be flying it. I don't know. I doubt Farringer's going to drive all the way back. to. You think any C-Class guys are doing it? Adam loves dirt bike. I was going to say, Adam loves dirt bike in the Tesla, baby. He might. He might be. Um, God, that'd be long. I think Ryder said it was 32. Jeez. I'm out. Yeah, you, you get no. there and you gear up and you race and then you get back in the car. Yeah, for an hour and a half of a race. Yeah. No, wait, hour 45. So I know, I know this week. Well, Tough Like Roar. We're going to get some race in a Tough yeah. Like Roar. Um, and okay. I, I still don't know where I'm staying. So anybody listens to this and has a camper they want me let me stay in at Tough Like Roar? Drew will sleep on the floor. Eh, I'd like a bed, but I will sleep on the floor if it has AC. Then after that, we got a two-week break or two-weekend break, then Battle the Goats. And then the very next weekend is TKO. Yeah. And so during that two-week break, you spoke of two-weekend break, three-week break. Everyone's going, well, the top guys are going to Romaniacs. I've heard Tristan and I heard Cody. Tristan and um, Cody. Yep. Shecker's going to be over there. He's flying out July 1st. He's going to go do three or four weeks of coursework, which would be cool. Um, and then That's Trist- big time. Yeah, it'd be awesome. So, but yeah, like you said, we come back, battle the goats, and then traditionally there's a weekend off between that and TKO. Not this year. Going straight to it. So that it'd be interesting. Sucks. Definitely sucks, but it'll be interesting to see if that draws more people European wise to the battle of the goats. Yes. As a warm up for TKO. Cause they're four out. Well, probably five and a half hours part. Yeah. Um, but only four. I can't believe TKOs. I can't believe it's June 23rd. So TKO 
I mean, it's still a world hard enduro round. I haven't heard any different. So we we don't really know about getting folks into the country. I would think that it's okay. I don't know where. <laughs> I don't know, but Mario and Tidor have both been in the country, but they're not coming out of Europe. Wait, I don't think so. Th- they've had one round of the World Hard Enduro series. It was Ligaris, but it got but it didn't count for points because it got so altered and it turned into an enduro cross or so a mud race. Romaniacs is going to be the first. Yes, is that correct? Sounds right. And TKO is going to be the second. Yep. Ish. Ish. Okay. Well, hopefully that series um, will get get back going. I've actually got it here. If I can, I was wondering. I thought you had it. If I can uh, unhide these cells. Oh, I didn't even know you could hide cells. That's why you're better at Excel than me. Well, you know. Um, but yeah, so I'll be tough like Roar, maybe bad medicine. Um, and then it's just it got hot all of a sudden. Yeah. So the Italy one. I guess didn't happen. Erzberg didn't happen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't think about Erzberg getting canceled. That's such a bummer. And we got Romaniacs, the August 31st week, whatever that is. TKO. Then they're going you, to. You mean July? Yeah. Okay. You said August. I was like, wait, what? Yeah. Romania. Yeah. 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 Romania. July sorry, 31st sorry, sorry. week. Yeah. Okay. That makes more sense. And then they're going to Poland later on. That's in September. Hispania and gets in rodeo. And that'll be interesting to see if if uh, Tristan or Cody do really well in Romaniacs if they and then do really well in TKO. Why not go ahead and chase that? And we could we haven't seen a non-American ever. Well, Taddy's won TKO before. I think he's the only non-American to ever win it. Okay, um, so it's been Cody. Well, no, uh, Manny. Manny came over and won it when Wade, Cody was hurt. Wade got second. Wade got second. I was thinking winner, but yeah, I don't think I don't think Taddy ever won it. I swear I thought he won it. Okay. Well, we'll have to look that yep. up. I know Mike Brown's won it and Cody's yep. won it. I won it. Cody's won it a bunch. Right. So that's it, I think. I mean, and then after TKO, the the big races are done for the year. We've got two SEER races after that. we got September 4th. Yeah, SEER's taking a huge break until September, uh, I guess, Labor Day weekend, Yep. which is nice. Saddleback and then Cliffhanger back at TTC. Yep. What's the date on the Cliffhanger? Right now, it shows October 2nd, 3rd, so okay. that weekend. All right. Looking forward to that. That was a fun race. They added a ton of stuff. And uh, just a heads up for you listening, I know things are going to be quite a bit different at TKO this year. New trail, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of, I don't want to say lots of changes, but there's going to be some changes. And, and the Europeans will be there. So we hope. Fingers crossed. That's going to make it really interesting. Yeah. So, and if you're listening, make sure to call TTC, reserve a camping spot as well. After Drew and I do. So no, I've already, I've already done it. Okay, I've already done great. It. Perfect. Go oh. ahead. All right. Uh, I guess that's it. You got anything else? I don't think so. We're going to throw the uh, Drew Kirby and Ryder LeBlanc interview in here now. And uh, hopefully you all like it. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. See you on the trail. Hey guys, Drew Kirby here with American Hard Enduro. Today I'm joined by Ryder LeBlanc. Ryder, how are you, man? Good. How are you? Oh, I'm doing well. You, you kept me up late, but I heard you had to run run some people around, so I'll give you a pass. Yeah, we got all figured out, though. All there right. Well, uh, so we're talking. It's June 22nd, a uh, few days after the Sticks and Stones race in Idaho. What a where in the country are you at the moment? Well, right now we're 
finally getting back from or heading back from being out west for what almost a month now. So right now we're in somewhere in middle of Indiana. So oh, how, how, so you've been you left I think what Sunday night after the race and headed <laughs> east. What uh, how much farther you got before you get home tomorrow? We got I got six and a half hours. Okay, that's not too bad. Granted, you've been no. driving for what, like twenty. Yeah, it was about what was it like 25 from the race to where we're at now oh my gosh all right so let's back up a little bit you said you've been on the road for a month uh you did went to the up of michigan did the mad moose and then where you got fourth overall correct yes all right so then after that i know you guys were talking about heading west but i think you took a little detour where'd you guys go after mad moose yeah so after mad moose we ended up going down to colorado and riding with cody for was there for about a week, both him probably three days. And then Mario was there too, rode with him a couple of days. Davis's were there, rode with Jackson, a couple of the other locals around that area. We went to a couple of sweet places to ride. That was a lot of fun. It was cool to ride with Cody and Mario. Cody, he's so good. Like every time I ride with him, I was just, he would do something impressive. I was like, man, I need to get to that level. And then he so rides Mario too. It was cool. And yeah, then after that, we, Go ahead. We headed up to uh, Idaho right. about a week before the race and met up with Will Reardon, and we kind of stuck together when I was up in Idaho. He rode the first two days, and I think he took a day or two off. And Those days I rode with Colton, and then Mario was there again, and Tidor, I don't know how to say his last name, he was there. And, yeah, we got some good riding in before – race up in Idaho, Silver Mountain. So it was good. So let's back up a little bit. I wanted to ask you about riding with Cody. I, I can only imagine how impressive it is, but what he's based kind of around Denver, is that, that pretty accurate? Yeah. Yep. All right. So then what, how far outside of town was, uh, where you guys rode? Um, we rode a couple, we rode two, di I rode two different places. I think they had more spots, but I, I only went to two of them and, one of them was about 40 minutes and the other one was maybe more like an hour or so. That's at least from where I was staying at. So not too bad. Well, did you guys go down to Dutton Rodrigo have a place like South? that's supposed to be pretty good. Yeah, we were supposed to go there the day before we left, which was a Wednesday, but then okay. they ended up canceling. I wish I got to go there. It looks pretty sweet. I know the day after Cody and a couple other guys went there and I saw some videos. I was like, man, missed out. But, well, so well then, like I said, you went up to Idaho, and then were you guys staying like near where Colton is in Corday Leon? I think it's called. Yeah, Corday Lane. Corday Lane, okay. Yeah, um, I stayed right in Corday Lane the whole time. Me and Will both did, and right. there's a lot of spots around there. We went to that Gold Creek Lodge, which is super sick. Okay. And they have a couple other little places to ride. And I'm not sure if you're allowed to ride there. <laughs> They were good. <laughs> <laughs> hey, as long, long as you're not in jail, right? It's all good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, no doubt. So after you've traveled kind of across the country the last month, what uh where would you say your favorite place has been you've ridden so far? Um and you can include race. Like, you can include races in there. Yeah, so that's tough because everywhere I ride it, I I just like riding, so it's hard to say where I like riding the most. But I don't know. I had a lot of fun in Colorado up in the place we went to and uh it was called idaho springs in colorado 
Okay. That was a cool place. There were some really good trials there and a lot of potential for more. I think Cody, he's been making some stuff there since he moved to Colorado. And I think he's going to add a lot more. And if I ever go back in a couple of years, I'm sure it's going to be sick. Oh, well, yeah. And I mean, he's only been there probably six months now, so I'm sure he's got, yeah. he's got lots more, lots more stuff he can make. Yeah. There's a lot more potential there for sure. All right. Well, but so I get have to say that's my favorite. Well, cool. All right. So I need to put that on the list is go, go bum, bum a room at, at Cody's and, uh, and do some riding. Yeah. All definitely. right. Well, Highly so, recommend. So on to Idaho, you went up there, rode for a few days. When, uh, when did you guys get over to, um, is it Silver Mountain for the Sticks and Stones? Yes. All right. So what, what day did you guys get on site there? Um, originally we weren't even going to get there till Saturday because we weren't allowed to walk the track. Okay. That was a question. We, got, we ended up, we, we ended up getting there Friday morning to work on bikes because still had to prep my race bike and we ended up being allowed to walk the track. So we got there Friday morning. Okay, cool. So how, how much walking did you get in? I mean, it looks like big mountain stuff with a lot of, a lot of elevation. Did you just check out some hot spots or? How'd that go? Yeah, so it was a good group of us. Went out, me, Tristan, Taylor, Will, Cooper was with us for a little bit. Uh, Tristan's one buddy, Kevin, from Canada, he was there. And then uh, who else? But anyways, we went out and we walked. I, I just tried to link up with Tristan because he's done in the past. So I was like, he knows where the good spots are and just kind of followed him around. We did two pretty gnarly creek beds, which were probably the – actually, they were, like, the only two creek beds, but they were pretty gnarly. They were sweet. And then we did a couple of those shell hills that were there. And other than that, just kind of – we didn't walk the rest of it. Because yeah, how long there. did – how long was that lap? Did it, How long did the lap end up being on Sunday for the main event? Well, they told us 30 miles, but at the end, my – gps said 19 so well did you did you ride the whole course let's go with that (laughs) yeah no everyone said like 19 we were all so confused because like if i went had to go 30 miles i was like there's a chance like on this track because it's kind of higher elevation more wide open there's some fast sections like i thought i might have to get gas but it was only 19 miles so i was good but I couldn't, I couldn't believe the GPS race we did. It showed up as 25 miles and I ended up with 32 miles on the bike. So I don't know. I didn't get lost that much, but I was truly confused at the end of it. I was like, man, I've got to be getting close to the end at 26 miles and I hit 27. And so, uh, oh yeah, yeah, we got, we got our money's worth. That was for sure. Yeah, no doubt. Well, um, well, so explain what was, what was so Saturday was, I think the amateur race was in the morning. It was a four hour race. And then you guys had the prologue in the afternoon what uh give me a little description of the prologue what what was it like i think you ended up p2 on that one yeah the prologue went really good it was it wasn't anything too hard i'd say it was a little harder than some of the prologues and hot laps at the other race okay other races but it was also probably the fastest prologue too because we just they took us on a lot of like jeep roads and quad trail and stuff like that and they were sketchy rose too like rocky and really yeah it was it was dangerous in my opinion with the dust and everything but i don't know i guess my gncc sketchiness skills came in handy and got second somehow 
Well, how uh, so how long was that race? Or either mileage or time, and uh, what was the starting order? Were you guys single file or like five to a row or what? So starting order was there are four rows of pros, fourteen okay. per row. Oh, first geez. two rows, first two rows weren't filled with any like the top guys, other than I think Danny and Spencer were in the first row. Okay. And then third row was pretty much everyone from like I mean Cody, Mario, and just anyone who's like usually in the top 14. Okay. And then I I somehow got put on the fourth row behind all of them. Mm-hmm. Which at first I was upset about, but after I thought about it before we went out, I was like, man, this might be a good thing. Like I'll be able to reel them in. I'll be the hunter chasing them. And it actually worked out really well for me. I ended up going into the woods on my row second. I think Corey Grafonder got the jump on me and then got around him. And then I caught like that group of guys pretty early and started picking off a couple of them at a time. I got around like Max and Noah and a couple of those guys and then caught up to Mario and Colton about halfway through the hot lap and kind of stuck behind them for a while. Cause like they're so good. And the track was the only place you could pass was on some of the faster sketchy quad trails and uphills and, it was so dusty you couldn't see so I was stuck behind them for the whole time but luckily they stuck right with I think Cody and Taylor were right in front of them and then Tristan he was about a minute ahead of us physically oh, well, how, well how far well, two questions how far apart were the rows like we got a minute apart 30 seconds apart minute apart okay well, at least that gave you a little bit of spacing and then yeah any, did they give any explanation on why the order of which they put you guys like the row three and the row four for you. They said it was random, but there's no way they put yeah. all those guys on the same row. So okay. I think that, I think they just kind of want to keep them together, but not have them up front. Yeah. It doesn't make sense to me, <laughs> but Hey, whatever. But, yeah. It, it was weird. I don't know. I don't know how they did it. All right. Well, so then let's move on to Sunday, Sunday morning. What time do you guys uh, get going? Um, we got to the race at, what was it like, I got there at like 7.30 and then we had to do that parade again up to the top. That was at 8.15. And then most of us waited in the back just to stay out of the dust. So we went through this town for probably about a mile and then dirt road for probably five, six miles. And it was just dust the whole way. So were you but, geared up and ready to go at this point, or were you guys just, just... – Yeah, we were fully geared up, ready to go. Okay. So that's good good for the goggles yeah. to get, get them good and dusted in before the race? Yeah. Yeah, it was really oh. good for them. All right. Well, oh, then, I, think, so... I think it was Taylor at the start, and I, his face was so dirty before we even started. Like, well, then – Goggle so what, marks. And... <laughs> what was the procedure? Was it was it 14 guys to a row again, or what, what was the setup for the Yeah, start? it was the same starting procedure, but based on the – hot lap times okay so so you're really got, your P, yeah. p2 didn't give you too much of an advantage there just got you on the front row pretty good yeah pretty much that's the only advantage i got from that i'm not sure if they like originally i thought it was going to be for like so you could pick where you start on the row yeah but by the time we got up there like all the mechanics and everyone just already had like start like kind of like our starts prepped Gotcha. Made, like little highways for us because it's pretty <laughs> rocky 
Well, that is something I wish they would do. You know, GNCCs, what do you guys come out by? Like where you get you you get to pick your starting spot by your points. So I don't see why yeah. they wouldn't do it in hot lap. You get like, you know, it would make sense to me because you know who wants yeah. to go down there thirty minutes early just to get a little better spark yeah. starting spot. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be nice if they had like a designated time to get there, mm-hmm. and it's based off hot lap times or points, something yep. just so, yeah. Give it some organization. All right, so yeah. Well, so explain. Give me a brief rundown on how the race went. Uh, you know, how was the start and how to go from there? Yeah, so the whole race was just it was weird. Like we got off to the start, and I think I was probably right around fifth. I think top five guys were who like finished top five or pretty much top five from the beginning okay. and yeah we got to the first hard section well, actually i should start with or we got to the first poker chip thing where i had to pick up that little chip we all got there and i think it was cody he was super confused like he had no idea what to do with it and then i don't know what happened but so the bin that had the poker chips was hanging in the tree and someone knocked it down and there were these little chips everywhere all over the ground and everyone just we like all there's like seven of us there at one time like just scrambling around trying to shove it in our boot or in a little pouch or something and i like i think cody went from like first or second back to like fifth and then me and Taylor, like we pulled out the same time, almost ran into each other. And it was kind of chaotic because it's pretty early in the race and we were all bunched up. Like okay. most races, it was, it was almost caused a bottleneck. <laughs> well, but, and, and I'm, I'm sure we're going to talk about it. Will and I are planning on doing a podcast tomorrow. So we'll probably throw this yeah. in after we talk about it. But just in case we don't, for some reason, they had two unmanned checkpoints during this race, uh, sticks and stones, and you guys had to grab a poker chip and proceed and keep it at the end and present it to prove that you made it to each spot. So that's what Ryder's talking about. If for some reason, Will and I don't get, get that mentioned. So, all right. So what happened after that? And after that, we, there was a pretty good off camber section and I don't think anything crazy happened there because it was pretty single file through there. I don't think anyone wanted to do anything crazy. And then we got to the first Creek bed that went up and it was in two parts. There was like first half, which was probably, I don't know, three quarters of a mile and then upper half which might have been a little shorter more like a half mile and then the whole way up through there everyone was switching spots getting stuck and it was just weird like i swear first through like 14th place were all bunched up the whole way up there like i think the first person up it was the ground was so loose from no one ever riding it that they would just kind of sink in get stuck and then someone else would try to pass and then I don't know. It was, it was just weird. Like usually it seems like there's a group of guys who kind of just blow up at like the top three, four five guys. And then groups are kind of split up, but the whole way up there, just like, if you made one mistake, you could have got passed by like four or five people. It seemed like. Uh, that's, but, you know, and, and it's so weird to see that many of you guys still close together because, you know, I guess we're more used to racing in the trees when you see a couple guys at a time at most. Yeah. It was just crazy. Like come around a corner and, First was right there. You look back, back around the corner, and 10th is there. Oh, was, wow. Cool. Yeah. It was kind of fun. It was fun. <laughs> Everyone was close. And the problem was it was just kind of single file through there, like one line. There was occasionally like a little split where you could kind of try something, 
take a risky move. But other than that, it was just we all kind of just went up it. <laughs> gotcha. Well, then, so when yeah. did things start to spread out more? I mean, I saw a lot of video. It looked like Tristan and Mario and Cody were together quite a bit. Yeah, so I think about, like, on the second half of that, I think when we came out of the first part, there was a pretty gnarly, like, hill out. And I think that actually separated, like, I think it was me, Colton. Or actually, I should go with who was in the lead. I think, I think Tidor was actually leading up for a while. Then, but I think going out, I think Cody, Mario, Tristan broke away a little bit. And then me, Colton, and Tidor were pretty close. And we, like, those two groups kind of formed. And then I'm not sure what happened after behind us, but then after the creek bed, there was some flowier single track, if I remember correctly. And then went through a checkpoint. And then after that checkpoint, there was, well, I would say it was probably one of the gnarliest sections of the track. It was one of those shell hills, but wasn't like you, you didn't have to go straight up. You kind of went side hill across it off camber. Mm-hmm. And about halfway across, you made a left turn. You had to go up about 30 feet. Ooh. And I, I mean, there might have been a good line, but I don't think anyone walked it. So we all just kind of went like hugged the banner on the low side and tried to get a run up through this deep, sandy kind of like dirt and it wasn't as rocky so we just kind of sunk in and we struggled on that like I think me Tidor and Colton after looking at that checkpoint time on the results we were like three minutes behind the lead group of those three with Mario Chris and Cody and when we got there we caught up to them super fast because they were just kind of breaking the trail in yeah, And in my head, I was like, oh, man, sweet. I'm back in this. I could get back <laughs> up here and battle with these guys. But to get from where we were to they were, <laughs> they, like the, that 20, 30 feet took yeah. us like two, three minutes oh, to get well, through. I think I've seen a picture of like, I think Tristan's the top, the furthest up the hill rider. Then it looked like uh, Mario's in the middle and Cody's below him. I think that's the section you're talking about. It was, they're all three. I, th- right I, think, there. I think I know what you're talking about. I think that is too. Yeah. Yeah. It's, there's, there's something about just that 20 feet, you know, it's like, yeah. I just got to go 20 feet. How hard is it? You can't get there yeah. and save your life. So, yeah. uh, so frustrating. Like the same thing. Like when he was, so that section, it kind of like did like a horseshoe went out and then came back really close to where, we entered the shell pile at and Taylor was like, Oh yeah, I saw Tristan leaving the rock pile when I was coming in. It was like, man, I'm not that far back, but it was like 20 minutes to get there. He said, <laughs> Oh, I can yeah. imagine. Oh yeah. Something about being able to see someone helps a lot until you realize yeah, it how long does. it takes you to get there. Yeah. Um, well then, then how'd it go from there? From there, I think, top three they battled the rest of the way from what i can see from videos and what people have been talking about and then i think colton kind of made his way into fourth i'm not sure how close him and tidor were the rest okay. of the race and then i was kind of by myself in fifth until mm-hmm. that or actually sixth until that shell hill that keeps floating around instagram <laughs> well, i was gonna of course i was gonna have to and bring that up how so how far along it in the course was that we're talking like three quarters towards the end that was really close to the end like okay. finish line was, might have been five ten minutes after that okay gotcha so you were pretty much that was the last big obstacle 
Yeah, that was the last big one. And well, he, luckily, he, I cleaned it because that I actually got me past Tidor. I caught him and caught him caught him by surprise because I think at the end he was like, "Man, where did he come from?" He, like I think he thought I cheated or something because I gained like four minutes on that hill. Yeah, well, in three four it, minutes. It, it's funny because I think I was talking to someone about it. I didn't, I don't want to say, you know, video doesn't do anything justice. And then that thing kept popping up and I never saw a video of anybody struggling on it. And then someone put out a video of, I guess it was kind of as they came in, like Tristan did it first and got, you know, looked like a quarter halfway and started side hill. Then Mario yeah. he didn't make it any farther. Then Cody didn't make it any farther. And then I was like, oh, and then, then Chuck sent me that video we posted today of, you straight, it was from the chair left, and it really put yeah. it in perspective how big that yeah, hill was. Yeah, Yeah, that was a – it was big. It was – it was. I don't want to say it, but it, a little bit of it was almost luck. Like, I mean, obviously, you got to have skill to get up that, but, like, I, I, from watching the videos, like, it kind of seemed like a rock or something kicked out and just messed everyone else up and just yep. ruined their momentum. Well, and, and you had one spot, I would say like either two thirds of the way up where it looked like you were losing your momentum and you kind of like went to pull a little bit of a wheelie and somehow got it going again. And I was just like, I thought you were done right there and you got moving again. Yeah, I, I, I saw that too. And a couple of people pointed that out. I was like, how'd you get a run up from there and like start gaining speed again? Yep. I'll tell you, I told everyone else. I don't know how I did it. <laughs> well what um i just thought uh, well, everyone else did it so i told myself i don't have a choice I'm so you did it well, so <laughs> yeah. i would assume were you second gear yeah second and then what what gear are you guys running if you don't care to say uh 1248 1248 okay so yeah i'm running 1352 which is pretty close to that just a little different exactly same yeah um well cool so well then I guess that that was the highlight of the day. So let's talk about the low light of the day. When uh, when did you get the news that you'd missed a, a unmanned checkpoint and you were short a poker chip? I think right after I got around Tidor there, which wasn't long after that hill, I started thinking in my head, like, shoot, I hope this next checkpoint, like, I, I hope this next checkpoint comes up soon. Then once I got closer to the end of the lab, I was like, shoot. Maybe it's maybe I missed it and then got to the finish line area. And I was like, man, I did miss it. Like I knew as soon as I came through that I missed it. And I was like, shoot, I hope I didn't like cut the track or something. Like that was my first thought. I was like, I hope I didn't do that and gain a lot of time. And everyone thinks I'm a cheater because like I don't cheat. I like I'll quit racing before I cheat. But yeah, yeah, that, that um, 19 miles was getting real worrisome. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> Because I, I looked at my watch, too, there, and it said 17 miles. So, in my head, I'm like, oh, man, I'm good. I'm good. I'll just keep going. Like, yeah. there's no way they're going to put check this soon already. It's going to be somewhere in the 20-mile range. But, no, well, it wasn't. I wrote well, right then, so, <laughs> so, and then for anyone, like, we've talked about it a little bit, but you actually went back to where the checkpoint was and rewrote the rest. Is that accurate or what happened? Or how did that go? Yeah, that's – that's it. So when I came through the finish, we sat there and just kind of talked for a little bit. Like we were upset about it, but like I think everyone knew that like we all did the same track and I didn't miss anything and probably just rode right by. And after we were sitting there for a while, we were talking to the guy and he was like, We I can take you back out to that checkpoint. You can start from there. And I was like, Man, why didn't you tell me that earlier? <laughs> yeah, I've been sitting here wasting time. That, 
Yeah, but no, but yeah, so I got some gas real quick because wasn't sure how far the checkpoint was because I didn't know where it was. Kind of missed yep. it. And he took me back. I think it was it was right after there was a pretty gnarly shell hill climb, which I was happy I didn't have to do that one over because that one you couldn't ride up. You kind of zigzag up and super gnarly side hill across. And then when he took me there to where the checkpoint was, I saw it on the tree. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. Like, I think it said uh, dead man check two on it. And the first time by, I just read dead man and thought yeah. like that was the trail name or something. Cause it looked yeah, like yeah. a sign. Like when you're coming fast, like into a, into the woods from like a sunny open area. Oh to, yeah. So it was one of those, your eyes were adjusting, couldn't see. I couldn't tell it was a box in a yeah. tree. I thought in my head, I just thought it was a trail sign. Plus the other one was on the ground. So I was kind of looking on the ground for it. So I can see why I missed it, but still probably should have been looking around a little more at the trees maybe racing a little less but <laughs> it is a race yeah, but, but yeah so grab that and i think like the first section after that was that shell hill climb that i cleaned and i was like man it'd be sick if i could do it again but i think i made it about to where cody and tristan and mario <laughs> made and i just side hilled up oh it's funny we haven't seen any of that video that's that's ironic no no, I don't think no. anyone videoed it. Everyone was probably confused why I'm coming through again. <laughs> well, they I, probably I thought think... I was just trying to be cocky and show off, <laughs> trying to do it again. <laughs> oh, so then, so then you literally rode from the, the check dead man check two all the way to the end again. And then, yeah. you, did you physically end up P8 like when you got yeah. to the end? So after doing all that, you were just dropped from what fifth to eighth? Yeah. Wow. So after looking at the times, it cost me like almost exactly 20 minutes Jeez, that's still not maybe bad. maybe I mean, a little more i'm not sure yeah oh but, well at least well, so, there wasn't anything super gnarly at the end i had to do over again so yeah it wasn't like the big show yeah yep well then what um well we were talking so we had that sear gps race which you unfortunately missed because of this race but Everyone was saying Sticks and Stones is trying to take over as the hardest race in the U.S. and get it away from Battle of the Goats. And uh, since, since you've done them both, obviously you've done Battle of the Goats a few times your first time out at Silver Mountain. What uh, what do you think? Is it is it close or what's the what do you think? Definitely not as hard as Battle of the Goats. Really? It, no. Is that a because it was only one lap? And you know you'd have to do two laps. If you had to do two laps, would it be a little more equal, or is it just just physically not as demanding? Um, a little bit of both. It's actually tough to say because last year, like at Battle of the Goats, I'm way better now than I was last year. So I struggled with Battle of the Goats. But at the same time, like Tyler, he uses every corner of that mountain yep. for his track, and it's gnarly. Where this place, like. There's a lot of gnarly terrain that they could add, almost like a lot of the other races. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it still just wasn't like super extreme. Like, don't get me wrong, those Shelly Hills were super hard to get up, but I pushed way more at Bow the Goats last year. And even when I ride down at Brushy, like I pushed my bike a lot more than I did there. 
Gotcha. Well, that's what I've I've wanted to talk to a couple people and uh, I'm trying to run Tristan down and get an interview. I wanted to ask him the same question, but I would a couple of the brushy locals were at the SEER race and they were like, man, Tyler has made it way harder. Um, I've heard that. I can't. Yeah, he's got, he's got two new sections that he hadn't let anybody ride. He's let uh, Russell and one other guy just do it to see if it's possible. And uh, yeah. And so, but he won't let anybody else on it. So we've got a couple, at least three new good sections coming. Uh, good. I heard which, that that, I forget what they called it last year, that super gnarly one they added. Yeah. I think we go to the top now. Yeah, 100% we do. Um, yeah. And I don't even know. I mean, just getting up to, I don't even know where, like a halfway point last year was the hardest part. Um, yeah it was once it got especially i mean by the time you guys came through again it was pretty nasty but by the time i got there it was it had gotten that way and it was yeah and it's never so think, it's never I been that dry. first part that was in the track last year yeah that's gonna be per, not easy but way easier than last year like i rode there once or twice over winter and that trail it's so worn in now like okay it's got i don't think that'll be is yeah. that where you went up to the right to that like root ball and then had to get across the ditch to the other side? Is that where you're talking about? Yes. Okay. That, that, that for me was like, just, you know, it was so greasy and, you know, I know a couple of the guys have ridden it dry and they're like, you can ride right up it. I'm like, well, yeah, please let it be that way. And that's that race. We had uh, the GPS race. If it wouldn't have been dry at Kairos, I might still be stuck out there. Oh yeah, for sure. That place is super slick. Kind of like, brushy is when it's wet absolutely well so i guess sort of congratulations on p8 i know you'd much rather be position five and fifth overall but you know sounds like you made the best of it for for what it was yeah i mean definitely upset that i went from fifth to eighth and kind of messes up points with me and taylor we were kind of in a battle for fourth overall for the series so messes that up a little bit and i don't have a throwaway anymore but I mean, I'm still happy to get eighth after all that. Like, still yeah. beat some really good guys, and I mean, it's really hard to complain about that. I mean, things happen in racing, and I mean, everyone else got, or I don't know if everyone else did, but most, mostly everyone else ahead of me and right behind me got that checkpoint. So, I got gotcha. you. I mean, well, and I'd heard that that I haven't got confirmation, but there's people behind you that didn't get the checkpoint and it got to be several people missed it. And they kind of might've just let them not worry about it for lack of a better word. Yeah. I don't want to say too much about that because I don't know what people actually missed the check and if they missed it, but yeah, I've heard that a little bit. I mean, I guess it's one of those things where when you finish up front, it's, like you're more noticeable kind of. Yep. Yeah, and absolutely. Spotlight. So, I don't know. Yeah. All right. Well, so what's next? You, uh, you getting to go home for a little bit? Yeah. To go drive home tomorrow, get home tomorrow night. And then I think Chuck wants me back up his house Thursday. Oh, back to it. Well, back uh, on the road. <laughs> well, so what do you, how far do you live from, from the cabin where you guys train all the time? A couple hours? Uh, like two hours, two and a half okay. hours. Well, and then, and then you guys are only what, three, three and a half or Chuck's only three, three and a half from tough like roar. Yeah. I'm about the same from my house too. Okay. So it's almost like a home race for you here in a couple of weeks. Well, week and a half now. Yeah. For how close it is a little different terrain, but 
still a Pennsylvania race and always do well there. So I'm excited for that one. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to, ev- to everything except the black coal dust. And if it rains, it will be black coal dirt. I'm looking forward to that the most. I hope <laughs> it's the hottest year, most brutal year. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, um, well, and then what Um, you guys left a bike out west, isn't that right? So then you'll you'll fly back out for the Donner race. Yeah, luckily we got some plans worked out for that so don't have to do that crazy drive i was yeah, all be... i was all in for doing the drive if i had to but much rather do it this way so i'm not oh, complaining yeah. <laughs> it'll, it'll help help with some recovery and getting a little little training in so you're not spending those two weeks on the road driving back and forth yeah that that drive would be hard to just like i won't even be able to ride that week in between so yeah. this helps out a lot well absolutely so well, Ryder, man, we'll see you here in, I guess, a week and a half. Congratulations on the P5, well, P8, sorry. And uh, we'll see you here in a few weeks. Yeah, thank you. We'll see you at Roar. All right, man. Thanks for the time. Yep. Bye.